Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Today, as we continue our series on covenants, we're going to look at the Noahic covenant. This again was a covenant that was made between Noah and therefore all humans, since at this point all had been destroyed and we were starting over. So this is like a reboot of creation so that the covenant that's made with him is applicable to all men because it is generational and therefore whatever is spoken to him is spoken to his children after him, which encompasses everyone. And there are also aspects of it that were made to the animals. So we're going to look today at this very important covenant and we might not think that this is all that important but believe me there are aspects of it that we are still holding to now and the breaking of it will have a part in what plays out in the final days so let's see what the scripture has to say let's go to genesis chapter 9 starting in verse 1 to get an account of the noahic covenant and god blessed noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. And so you see, we get the same commission or role in the partnership as we did from the first. But in verse 2, we get something a little different that wasn't there before the flood. It says that fear of you or of man, and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, and upon every fowl of the air, Upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fish that are of the sea, into your hands are they delivered. So while he is still given dominion over them, we see that it becomes all the more toilsome, because that now they have a natural fear and a dread of humans, whereas before they did not. You might say that from the garden it was like every creature that God created was a pet. But now they were wild. They had to be tamed, subdued, and trained brought back into submission that they might fulfill their purposes and partnerships with man. Of course, this was done for their own protection because that God had changed the diet of man and that man would now hunt them. He put this fear in them that they would run from him. Because you see in verse 3, he says this, that every living thing shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given you all things. So here to bring some clarity that according to God, he never gave permission for men to eat meat prior to the landing of the ark after the flood of Noah had subsided. But now he says that in the same manner that they had been given the okay to eat herb, now they can eat meat also. In verse 4 he says, But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood, shall ye not eat. In other words, God says that it was never okay to eat blood or something that was still living or that had the blood still flowing in it. In verse 5, he says, The blood of your life will I require. At the hand of every beast will I require it. And at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother, will I require the life of man. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he Man, God put a very strict judgment on any man or beast that shed the blood of another man that God would require that blood at their hand. God does not condone the shedding of the blood of innocent men, women, or children for any reason. 
in verse 7, he says, And ye be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. I want you to listen because all of these things are part of our role in this covenant. And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Understanding that this means that this applies to every person because he spoke it to Noah and his children and all of their seed after him, of which every man on the earth today is a descendant. And with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl and of the cattle and of every beast of the earth with you from all that go out of the ark and every beast of the earth. This is amazing because God made this covenant not only with man, but with every creature of creation, every animal and living thing that came off of the ark. He made an agreement with this day, he said, and I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the whole earth. And God said, This is the token of my covenant which I shall make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. This means forever. I do set my bow in the cloud. And it shall be for a token and a covenant between me and the earth, that it shall come to pass, that when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of my covenant, which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. So we understand here that God is saying that he put the rainbow in the sky as a token, a reminder of this covenant. It is a symbol of it. And God named this covenant the everlasting covenant because he says that it is between every person that will ever be and every creature that will ever be upon the earth for perpetual generations. This to me is a very interesting covenant. And so very important to us and many overlook the depths of it. So let's pick this apart a little bit. He said, be fruitful and multiply, which were parts of the original Adamic covenant, but he left a part out. This time he didn't tell them to subdue because man had given that authority away to Satan in the garden that day. You see, God created man to have dominion over the earth, the land, the creatures and everything in it. But when man came into agreement with Satan, the Bible says that to whom you make yourself servant to obey and to serve his servant, you become and he becomes your master. Therefore, did man forfeit his authority, his dominion that he had originally been given to Satan in the garden. And from that point on until the time of Jesus, was he known as the ruler of this world? You see, man was created to rule, but he gave up his kingship. When he broke his covenant. The Bible says that Satan was the prince of this world because that he took 
dominion from Adam and Eve in the garden. So this part was left out of this second covenant. The animals, it says, would fear men. This was a protection for them because now that men ate meat, they would be hunted. Men were commanded not to consume blood because that the life is in the blood. When you look up the original Hebrew word for life there, the word is nefesh. It is the word for soul. The soul is in the blood. You were not to partake of blood. This was something only done in witchcraft or among heathens or pagans in the Jewish culture. This was why it was so offensive to the early Jews whenever Jesus made the comment, drink of my blood and live but what he was really saying was receive of my soul or as that word might be translated in the greek the holy ghost it was in the blood of jesus and he died to release it to us but from the time of the noic covenant men were told not to consume blood that they not receive of any other spirit this is why to this day in witchcraft or occultic practices they practice the consuming of blood as a means of receiving other spirits. And then at the close of the covenant, God makes it very clear that man's blood is so important to him that there is a judgment for any person or even beast that sheds it. And then he promises to Noah, his descendants, and all of the animals that he would never destroy the whole earth by flood again. He puts the rainbow in the sky as a sign of it. This part of the covenant is unconditional. Man can't break it because it wasn't made with only man, but with all of creation. And believe me, my friend, there are those who are full of pride and wickedness that are led of ungodly spirits that know this. And they use the sign or the symbol of this covenant to boast in a way they're trying to say, God, you promised you can't judge me for this. But my friend, I assure you that God does and will judge all sin. Make no mistake of it. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, God tells us this, that he spared not the old world, but saved only Noah and his family out of it. The eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So my friend, with all love and due diligence, I have to make this clear to you that this covenant as a whole is not unconditional. Yes, a part of it is. He said he would never destroy the whole world by a flood again. And he will keep that promise. But there are conditions, there are ordinances to the first part of this covenant. And listen closely to what I'm about to tell you. Because the breaking of it, at least in part, brings the wrath of God upon the world once again in the end. In Isaiah chapter 24, verse 5, we read this. A prophecy of what will come in the end before the return of Jesus. It says, The earth shall be defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws. They have changed the ordinances. They have broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, 
hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein were desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. Do you see what will happen because of pride and arrogance and wickedness, because of sin and perversion and violence, because of selfishness, all being done while flaunting the very symbol of God's everlasting covenant and the mercy that he was willing to pour out on the undeserving. Do you understand what I am saying? Remember that God called the Noahic covenant the everlasting covenant, and he said he would make the rainbow a sign of it. And here in Isaiah, the prophet tells us very clearly that the wrath of God will be poured out upon the wicked and the world will be destroyed again because they did not keep the ordinances of the everlasting covenant. But God will keep his part in it for he is faithful to the end. He will not destroy the whole earth and cut off every bit of flesh by a flood again. He'll send fire this time. It'll be different. And not all flesh will be destroyed. He will save some men among it. The Bible actually tells us that men will be more rare than gold. So few will survive this. It says that all of the green grass will be destroyed. And a third of the trees shall be burnt up. A third of the fish in the sea. Many things will be destroyed in this final judgment that is unleashed. Because that man did not keep the ordinances of the everlasting covenant. My friend, don't let anyone tell you that this is unconditional. Only God's part in it is. When you go down to verse 18 in this same chapter, it says that God will open up the windows that are on high to pour this wrath out. That is flood talk, my friend. This is the same wrath being poured out on the world again. So what are the ordinances of the everlasting covenant that men break and disregard that cause this wrath to be poured out from the windows that are on high again? The very first one among it was to be fruitful and multiply, have lots of children, protect them, nourish them. Can you think of anything, my friend, that specifically goes against this ordinance? How about abortion or homosexuality? And what have they made? The symbol of it. Could it be pride against this ordinance of God? Could it be that Satan knows exactly what he is doing in trying to invoke the wrath of God upon an unwitting and unknowing people who have come into agreement with the lies of the enemy, a covenant with that serpent in the tree? Remember that God said that he was very subtle and cunning. He was very clever, the wisest of all God's creatures. He even stole the very symbol of the covenant and covered it in pride, deceiving those who don't even know that they are being used by a devil that hates them to try to provoke the God that loves them to destroy them, to unleash judgment. My friend, you better know this, that the devil comes with a purpose and it is to steal, kill, and to destroy. But God desires to bring abundant life be fruitful and multiply. But there is a covenant. A 
contract, an agreement. And he has been more than merciful in trying to help us to keep our part in it. In fact, we actually have to try pretty hard not to. This covenant is not unconditional like some teach. Scripture makes that very clear. There are ordinances, but they're not ordinances that you're going to break accidentally. You'll only break it by intent through obvious, outright, prideful rebellion. And doing so will bring a judgment. Consumption of blood, any blood other than the blood of Jesus, is a breaking of the ordinances of the everlasting covenant. The Bible says that in the end, the Antichrist will use beasts to kill men. This is a breaking of the everlasting covenant. When you train animals in warfare, remember that God said that beasts were to fear men and not to kill them. When you weaponize animals or feed Christians to lions, you are breaking the ordinances of the everlasting covenant. Murder without judgment God said that the blood of a man must be required when he sheds the blood of an innocent. My friend, indiscriminate killing, rather it be in war, abortion, the killing of Christians, biological terrorism, all of it is a breaking of the ordinances of the everlasting covenant, and it will bring the final judgment. It was because of violence and selfishness that the flood came upon the world of the ungodly. My friend, if we stand in agreement with any of these things, abortion, homosexuality, violence, the weaponizing of God's creation, then we are the reason that judgment is coming. For the wrath of God will be poured out on the wicked, the world of the ungodly, destroyed by fire this time. Rather than a flood, God keeps his promises, even when we don't keep ours. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience. In the which some of you also have walked in times past when you lived in those things. But now ye also have put away all of these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and hath put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. My friend, God's wrath will be poured out again in the end, for these sins must be judged, and God must keep his promises. But there is a way of escape made from them, because you see, Jesus came, and he drank a cup for us. The cup of wrath was poured out on him for all those who believe and receive and take on his spirit, the prophesied seed, and follow its lead, obeying his voice entirely, living everything that he came to teach. 
when that day come, we will stand covered by his righteousness because that we were in covenant with him. We were in agreement, partnership, marriage, and we're in opposition to everything that opposed God, his word, and his will in the earth. So that wrath will not be appointed unto us, but we will be saved out of it, redeemed by the blood of Jesus and free from the curse unleashed by those who broke the ordinances of the everlasting covenant. So my friend, make sure that you receive the seed that was promised to us who have been grafted in to the blessings of Abraham, which we will learn about next when we look at the Abrahamic covenant. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.